Hey Oz. Hey Curtis. What movie are we watching this week? For all of us out there in movie land, we've got a perfect marriage of Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story, Destiny's Child, and VH1's Behind the Music. <laughs> We're coming to you with episode 39, Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. <laughs> vh one behind the music. Yeah, the <laughs> that was really the icing on the cake because I'm like, well, it's it's a like a focused, almost like biographical comedy. So walk hard works. And then I'm like, well, let's see, let's get a let's get a trio where the where the lead branches off on their own, and the other two just kind of fade away. Like, oh, Destiny's Child works. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, and then and then it just hit me. I'm like, wait a minute. VH1 behind the music. That's what like that's what this entire movie is. It's just a behind the music. Basically, episode. yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So, uh, welcome back, listeners and viewers, to another week um, of let's talk about flicks, the weekly podcast where we discuss um, a movie. <laughs> We've got a theme each month that we bring back and forth, and uh, we're going to talk about a movie this week. We uh, are going to talk about a movie. <laughs> what, what a novel concept! <laughs> episode thirty nine. We're talking about. Andy Samberg and Lonely Island's pop star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, a uh, divisive film, yes. a, um, a one could say vulgar film, but not like <laughs> NC-17 level vulgarity. No, 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 just, no. just uh, a, lot, a lot of language. Just, yes, a lot of language, some visuals, and just... Well, and, and some that you think you might see, but you don't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, comedy, although... yes. Uh, did you did you watch it through Plex? I did. Yes. Okay. So we I want to make sure we saw the same version. The same version. I could okay, see yes. where there 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 would be. I could see where there may be edited versions. The yes. TV the TV edit of this would be awful. Oh yeah, that um, would be terrible. Yeah. There. Yeah. You would lose so much steam. So uh, uh, before we get rolling, I'm going to throw out a, a thank you to Patreon subscriber Don S. Uh, you know, you hear his name weekly on this show mm -hmm. and so uh thank you don for your monthly patronage um you know we give you four dog barks uh <laughs> yes my my, my my shih tzu is is cheering us out in the background right yeah. now you didn't you yeah it's it's a shih tzu you didn't have until we watched last week's movie uh, <laughs> uh best in show you yeah. you were inspired to go get your i was shih tzu. yes yeah I, I i got the was it john michael higgins and michael mckean's shih tzu yes. from that movie yep, yep, although yep, that movie was is. made 22 years ago so i have a feeling that shih tzu it's an old old it's an old old dog yeah so. <laughs> it's an old old wooden boat yeah <laughs> <San> <laughs> <Diago>. <laughs> and so uh yeah but this week we're talking pop star never stop never stopping which uh we talked pre-show and i agree 100 percent uh if you're a lonely island fan this movie's probably right in your wheelhouse but if you're just a little bit of a Lonely Island fan, then this movie probably feels like it never stopped, never stopping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it does feel like a very long Lonely Island skit. But um, uh, very divisive. I could definitely see uh, comedy fans split on whether this is good or not. And yep. we'll get, I'm sure we'll get to some of that in the Outside Insights as well mm -hmm. as our own reviews. 
Uh, before we get into the plot, though, uh, share with us the cust- uh, customers, <laughs> the cast. <laughs> Who are the cast of this of this movie? Yeah, as far as a character breakdown, again, it's Oz's movie, so he's got the lead on the plot and such. So I will give you the characters. I have six of the characters here that I, I chose okay. to include. Uh, there And obviously, of those six, we have the three leads. Uh, we, we have Connor, a.k.a. Kid Connor, a.k.a. Connor for Real, uh, played by Andy Samberg. Uh, he was in The Style Boys, uh, and then broke <laughs> off from The Style Boys to do his own solo work. And he was, I guess, kind of, a, while in The Style Boys, uh, he was the, the lead singer, was kind of his niche in the yeah. group. He was the Beyonce or Justin Timberlake of the Style Boys. Yes. Uh, Then we also have Kid Brain, a.k.a. Lawrence Dunn. Love their names. I do love their names. Yeah. (laughs) Played by Akiva Schaefer, another another real-life member of the Lonely Island. All three leads are members of the Lonely Island comedy troupe. Uh, He he was was co-director as well. Yes. Uh, he was in the Style Boys. Uh, is is his niche with them was the songwriter, and he's now a farmer. He now mm-hmm. lives uh, lives in a farm, and that's what he does. <laughs> and an amateur uh, woodworker. <laughs> yeah, very, very amateur, <laughs> <laughs> very amateur woodworker, <laughs> very amateur. Uh, then finally, we have uh, we have Kid Kid Contact, aka Owen Bouchard. Uh, he was in the Style Boys and is now Connor's set DJ. So he still works with Connor, although his role is diminished. To the point yeah. that he has a huge DJ setup, but the only tool that he really needs is an iPod. Sixty gig. Yeah. It's got the old spin wheel. Yeah, it does. Played by Jorma Tacone. Is that how you say his last name? I think so. Yeah, Jorma, if you're listening, sorry that we butchered your last name. <laughs> and again, Andy Samberg, Akiva Schaefer, and Jorma Takone are all members of the Lonely Island comedy troupe. They go all the way yep. back to middle school, Oz. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They're, yep. They've been around a long time. They are very around. talented. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, the other three characters that I have in the character breakdown here <laughs> are, uh, we have Harry. It's played by the one and only Tim Meadows. He's... He's Love Connor's him. manager, and he was also the manager of the Style Boys. Yeah. Uh, additionally, we have Paula, who's Connor's publicist, played by Sarah Silverman. And then I also chose to include uh, Connor's opening act uh, yeah, I, on, on I, his I, tour. I, I, I had a feeling that was your sixth. Yes. <laughs> Hunter the Hungry, played by, <laughs> by, uh, by comedian and SNL performer Chris Redd. So those are are the characters that I chose that are the most relevant of there, with obviously the big three being Kid Connor, uh, Kid Brain, and Kid Contact. Uh, And like a lot of these, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like a lot of these, a lot of similarities to Walk Hard in that, a lot of cameos from real life musicians uh, to help kind of place this in the world. Yes. I, I'll, I'll run through some of the cameos that I have that I have here. I just yep. kind of took down a list of cameos as I saw them. Questlove, Carrie Underwood, Nas, Usher, 50 Cent, Ringo Starr, Simon yeah. Cowell, Kanye, Mariah Carey, Adam Levine, DJ Khaled, ASAP Rocky, Danger Mouse, The RZA, T.I., Pharrell, and Arcade Fire. Yeah. So, and, Adam and, I'm probably, and I'm probably missing a couple did of you get well Adam, too. Did you get Adam Levine's hologram? I did. I, I just shouted Adam Levine, not Adam Levine's hologram. 
So those are, I, I think, most of the cameos, although I'm sure I'm missing a couple. They also oh, had some, yeah. file, some file footage that they would splice in as well did, of, like, pe- people at Seal? award shows. Did you, was, oh, was I did not. Seal I forgot Seal. List? I forgot Seal yeah. altogether. And he actually probably has the most prominent role of all of them. Probably, with the, yeah. <laughs> with the possible exception of Mariah Carey. He actually yeah. has, has a speaking role that has some dialogue <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> Including yeah, how two, he those, how he got his scar. <laughs> those two, yeah, those two cameos are great. Yeah. All right, so Oz, we got the characters, we got some uh, some cameos there. Where what is the plot of Popstar? Right. Uh, we'll just we'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with just a, a the quick and dirty like um, uh, what am I looking for like the Cliff Notes version of the plot. The plot yes. is very simple. <laughs> Style get, boys. Yeah, it's my it's mockumentary, Style... so you don't exactly. need an the, the... intricate plot. The Style Boys are a group, uh, a group that breaks up when the lead singer goes off on his own. And I'll get to more detail. Uh, once that <laughs> solo career sort of fizzles, everyone around them pres- wants to pressure them into getting back together. So like many, many music- or musical acts through history, they put their differences aside, reform, and are now on- back on top of the world. But not only that, they they're now friends again. Yes. So that that really is the plot of the film. Uh, Incredibly and so predictable, by the way. <laughs> extremely predictable yeah. and very. It's a very thin, very thin thread. Um, but that they just pack as much visual and audi- auditory comedy around as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a little more detail here, just because these movies are fictional, placed in a reality type setting of of common pop world. Uh, Connor is, uh, from a very young age, <laughs> excuse me, got a, got a dry throat here, uh, very young age. He's a musical prodigy. He's like, like wailing away on the drums at age one, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, Wearing a diaper, just... like, to- toddler Connor's just doing this epic yeah. drum solo. Yeah. Uh, and so he and his friends, uh, you know, uh, Lawrence and Owen, they form, a rap group called the, the Style Boys, uh, and they just like instantly hit fame. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, a lot of inspiration for today's artists. Uh, you know, they just you know everybody is blown away by the Style Boys. Like everybody is influenced by the Style Boys. Everybody loves the Style Boys. Um, you know, they're just on top of the world. Uh, you, I would say, you could probably in this fictional pop world. You would put them on a level of like a Madonna or a Michael Jackson, like just you know everybody is inspired, and they're yeah. they're an Elvis. They're uh, you know I would say they're they're larger than like and uh, like an Insync or a Backstreet Boys. They're larger than a New Kids on the Block because like and everybody and, loves them, and even other musicians yeah. love them. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is even musically like every other. Every other like style of music has musicians influenced and inspired by the Style Boys. You've got rappers, you've got pop stars, you've got Ringo Starr. That they're just yeah. they're you all you got just, Ar- wow. Ar- Arcade Fire, you know, indie rock. Exactly. Yeah. So everybody, everybody is inspired by the Style Boys. Um, you know, they uh, but things really get stressful because. Um, Connor is the, like you said earlier, he's the vocal piece, but Lawrence is the main songwriter and, um, and Owen is, he's the, he, he's your beat man. He's, you know, he's your, mm-hmm. he puts the music together. So of the three, you would say Connor might have the least talent of keeping the style boys yeah. together. Um, and because of that, he also, 
is least aware of what has helped them get their fame. Um, <laughs> well, he's he's the so, dumbest of the three. If we just, if you yes, just want to be blunt about yeah, it, yeah, yeah, Con- Connor's, Connor's not very bright. <laughs> no, so uh, you know, Lawrence, they they win a poppy. Uh, a poppy is their Grammy in this universe. Um, yeah, they, they went they went a, a poppy for uh, for the single "Turn Up the Beef." Um, and but in <laughs> In his recognition speech, uh, Connor goes up there, and he just doesn't give anyone else credit. And Lawrence, after failing to receive credit, uh, just quits. Just quits the yeah. band. Um, well, and, uh, and the, the Poppy Award wasn't just... It was for, it was like, guest spot on a song. Yeah, so, yeah, so it, it was, was yeah, it's guest he had, verse. He had, he had one verse. I, I forget the uh, the name of the performer, but it was, it was another cameo by Emma Stone playing some yeah. other pop oh, star. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot Emma Stone had a little cameo in here. And so the Style Boys have broken up. So Connor takes his solo act. and he, Of course, Con- Connor's birth name is Connor Freel. Um, so then he takes on the <laughs> stage name Connor For Real. Uh, and he keeps Owen around as his DJ. And, and you know what? And he's huge. Like, you could argue mm-hmm. that the Style Boys are on top of the world, but it's almost like when a space shuttle takes off and, like, the fuel pods start to break off. And that allows you know the, the, the shuttle to continue, and so um, you know <laughs> so, breaking... kid, so kid Connor and Kid Brain are the fuel pods falling yeah. off. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, um, you know, taking off, uh, you know, Connor's his solo career really blossomed, and this was the Destiny Child reference because yeah. Destiny Child was, I mean, they were huge. Let's you know, let's not dismiss just how impactful Destiny Child music was in its era. But once they disbanded, like Beyonce just took off. Like it was, mm-hmm. you know, you could all now she's she has reunited with them a couple of times. But you could, you know, you could argue that Destiny's Child was holding Beyonce back in some regards. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of how Connor has approached this. Of like, well, I don't need Lawrence, you know. Uh, um, so Lawrence, uh, he goes and he begins farming in Colorado. He tried to go solo. I love his song going solo where it's things, <laughs> things in my Jeep where, <laughs> where he's, he's trying to sing the song and he's just, just rattling off random things. And then they're all just things that are in his Jeep and it doesn't connect because they're talking to all these other musicians and they're like, but I have different things in my Jeeps. <laughs> it's not um, the song quality. They just couldn't connect because of. Well, I, right. I don't have that. I, I don't. I don't have those things in my Jeep. So uh, <laughs> Connor, Connor, Connor's debut album <coughs> named Thriller also um, <laughs> rockets to the top of the charts. He becomes more and more famous, uh, and he releases his sophomore album Conquest, uh, which gets just trashed because the <laughs> he does he doesn't have his lyricist. Like yeah. he can't write, and Lawrence has been that integral part of the style boys and without him like it's just he's just cratering um so everybody everybody hates hates this there there was a fun little part where go ahead yeah the the reviews yeah yeah, it reminded me of the yeah the the scene in spinal tap where they're they're reading the reviews yeah (laughs) yeah it's why couldn't uh... god god have rested on the day spinal tap made this album (laughs) and so you know connor's having this very vulnerable moment where he says to the camera you know a lot of fourth wall breaks because it's a mockumentary you know he's talking to the camera and he's just like you know i normally don't read reviews but i want to see how we're doing and it's just you know Mm -hmm. 
Pitchfork, Rolling Stone, like everybody is trashing it. The only positive review he finds is from The Onion. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, he doesn't understand that The Onion is, it's, it's, is satirical. It's satire, yeah. <laughs> Pitchfork gave it a negative four out of, out of a positive ten. <laughs> well, and uh, it's it's paid because like like Connor had this idea that uh, I'm gonna get a hundred, I'm gonna get hundreds of different producers. Um, to help me out instead of relying on Owen because mm-hmm. Thriller also worked because it was Connor and Owen. Uh, so even though Lawrence was gone, there was still the music behind yeah. Connor's vocals. But he he kind of squeezed Owen out a little bit. Owen's not officially gone, but he squeezed out his contribution on Conquest album and replaced them with hundreds hundreds of different <laughs> producers. So naturally, the sound was not uniform throughout, um, and it was low. You it's know, like a, it's like a different it's... version of Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys and Pet Sounds. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and so, uh, you know, with sales low, uh, he's going to go on tour. And Harry, his manager, pitches, "Hey, why why don't we have uh, home appliance manufacturer Aquaspin sponsor the <laughs> tour?" And what they do in exchange, Maya Rudolph's got a great cameo here, yeah. where uh, she plays like the Aquaspins. CEO or whatever, and what they're gonna do. You two got and they got in some yeah. hot water for this several years ago of of like um Connor For Real's music is automatically gonna play through all of Aquaspin's home appliances. Uh, home, home appliances. <laughs> Every time you open your refrigerator, a Connor For Real song is gonna play. Every time you open your dishwasher or your dryer or whatever. And of course, <laughs> naturally people are livid because yeah. you know. Everybody has their musical taste, and they shouldn't be forced upon them. I do remember back when, yeah. when Apple Music got in trouble with YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they they, for doing they, the they force force downloaded. Uh, was it a YouTube? Was it an album or a yeah. song? But it, it was it was uh, I think it was an album. But yeah, it was. It yeah, did not go t- t- over two well. people's devices. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, you know, there's a national power outage uh, when these appliances are <laughs> playing all of these songs. So naturally, Connor's getting even more and more backlash. Mm-hmm. Uh, things are just falling apart. So <coughs> he starts his shows. So they they don't go well. The songs are awful. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, just terrible, terrible song. Not even like they don't even really stick with you. Like like to sit here. The only song I can think of that he that he sang was the one about Bin Laden. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which, but but. Yeah, it yeah. is it's terrible. Like the, the 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 song well and I mean they're supposed to be terrible, yeah. but they are terrible. Um and so Harry suggests, "Hey, we let's let's get a, let's get an opening act. We need an opening act. Um you know, this up and coming rapper, he's huge. Basically, <laughs> he's like Connor for real, only doing it legitimately. Hunter the Hungry. We're going to hire him to be our new opening act." Um and ticket sales start to go up, but they're not going up because of Connor's contribution. They're no. going up because of Hunter the Hunter. Because of Hunter, yeah, yeah. Um, so Connor feels, you know, let's we're going to add some new gimmicks. He gets this like Daft Punk slash like <laughs> like like the I Black Knight, the Black Knight from yeah, Monty Python and the exactly. Holy Grail, Thank like this you. gigantic. Thank you. I was yeah. I was going to go with Galactus, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah. You know, he's got this like <laughs> robotic towering mask. helmet. He's got this robotic mask for Owen that really only does two two things. It 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 has this like awful like low decibel like just rumble 
like uh, like like the, also like the like the the poop sound was it like like the oh, the, yeah. brown, the brown note <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it but at the same time it's got like the like the lexar casino like spotlight yeah the, like a to giant the sky sky beam like, that like, every like action yes. movie has yeah it's like you know outside <laughs> like could it would like blind airplane pilots and whatever so you know these are the only two things that it does and of course it's very heavy um you know, he, he also, Connor is in this relationship with actress Ashley Wednesday. Um, so he starts publicizing their relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he comes up trying to pull really, attention off of these other things. Yeah. Right. He does this really, really like, I found it funny, but it was dumb. He has this idea of like, Hey, um, let's see how many times I can change costume on stage. So yeah. what we'll do is we'll, We'll raise we'll raise a curtain in front of me and then lower it like three seconds later and I'll be in a do in a new outfit. Uh, yeah, like like it, a it, like a magician's act kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, but the thing is, it works on women, but it doesn't work on men because they've got different reproductive parts down there. They so keep, the only get, they way keep this, getting caught on the curtain. Yeah, <laughs> so the only way this is going to work is if Connor tucks himself. <laughs> and and, uh, and so you know, in one of these costume changes. The curtain drops and Connor is is naked. Yeah. Um, Somehow he didn't wh- change into the other outfit. Right. While tucked, he's still tucked. <laughs> yes. And so he's so everybody there, you know, cameras, etc. They're all seeing, and, and he's just he's just like like stream of consciousness talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Connor is exposed naked. Of course, he's tucked. Uh, mid concert and now he's just the subject of mockery like yeah. nothing on this tour is going well for connor um you know <laughs> we, again, we, have, we do like, have, uh, yeah so we have a fun cutaway here to a tmz knockoff oh i love the tmz knockoff called, called will called arnett C- cmz yeah cmz <laughs> if if you've ever seen tmz you're aware they're set up i've honestly only only ever like flipped through i've never stopped to watch yeah. it but they are it's like everybody's in cubicles but they're all centered up for like a like a staff meeting yeah it, it looks like like coffee talk sort of like a yeah. staff meeting or like like before before the workday starts chat kind of thing right you know but but naturally you know there's multiple cameras set up at just the right angles so i mean yeah. all of this is staged but it it does on tmz it does look as if they are just like what are we going to talk about today you know like yeah like your your pre-morning warm-up um well will arnett is the the, host, the, 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 Harv, the harvey i forget his last yeah, name i don't even know he's the manager of the group or whatever and uh yeah but it is it's such a send-up of tmz um like they nail just all the like excessive laughing just to just just because you want your you know laugh at all your boss's jokes no matter how terrible they are um <laughs> and so some uh, other it, fun it cameos is, there too yeah oh yeah um, Will it, Arnett, it, it, eric um, eric andre Mm-hmm. Uh, Chelsea Peretti and God, there's another comedian. I always get his his name. Mike Brabiglia. Yeah, I, yeah, Mike Brabiglia. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, Chelsea Peretti. I I'd read like separately somewhere that uh, she and Andy Samberg were like they went to like grade school together. Like these two, like uh, Andy and Chelsea, have been like best friends for like ever. You know, like they're <laughs> really tight. Um, you know, there was like like seriously like they families of vacation together and it's like those kind of stories are cool uh, you know yeah when you hear like like bj novak and john krasinski like played little league together and yeah. it's like it's just so cool and you're like of all of all the places in the country you know like 
I I didn't go do anything successful with anybody. You know, it's just when you hear these like these spinoffs, uh, like Jonah Hill and Adam Levine have been like best friends forever. Like they went to grade school together, um, stuff like that. And it's like, that's just really cool to be like, you know, it's cool when one person makes it <coughs> from, from a community. It's even cool. Well, it's kind of like how people... you, Go ahead. yeah. I mean, like, like you and I have known each other since we were 18 and like our oh, celebrity yeah. status is, has elevated since then. And you know, oh, yeah, we're still, we're still friends. Oh yeah. I mean, we had, yeah, exactly. I mean, we had, uh, we had four podcast hits in the first couple of hours of, uh, you know, yesterday. Mm-hmm when I posted the best in show. So, I mean, you've got nowhere to go, but up, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> we've so, established right. the floor the, the, <laughs> right? we know <laughs> pitchfork's not giving us a negative four. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to so, be in the positives there. <laughs> uh, we have, we have fans. So you're at least your sister listens. We know that. Uh, yeah. And so, <laughs> and I haven't even bribed her. I know. Uh, so, uh, anyway, like Connor's tour is just, it's awful. It's going terrible. The, even like, like I said, the gimmicks aren't working. Uh, his agent or his publicist, sorry, Paula. Yeah. You know, she, she's got one more trick. Let, we got, let's try this other publicity stuff. Yeah. Um, they're trying to run interference to like pull yeah. attention away from the tuck moment. Right. Right. <laughs> and everything and else so, that's going wrong on the tour. Ex- which is everything. Uh, so why don't we do this? Connor. I think it's time that you propose to Ashley and uh, we'll do this on live TV. We'll have it. It'll be an event. Like we'll have mm-hmm. an event uh, like, like LeBron's the decision, uh, you know, Connor, <laughs> it's a good, and Connor's, it's a good comparison. Yeah. Connor's going to propose to Ashley and nothing can go wrong here. So they no. get there and uh, we've got, you know, like rows of trees. We've got seal and a band singing. We've yep. got Paul Shear as the, yeah. as like the lead, <laughs> As the lead handler of like a pack of wild wolves, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so you know Ashley doesn't know why she's there, <clears throat> and Connor proposes. You know Seal is singing a song. Turns out the Seal's singing. Um, you know it really like gets the wolves all riled it's, it up. Spooks the wolves. <laughs> spooks them, and they. Uh, <laughs> at one point, Connor even yells. Uh, can we get those wolves to settle down? Paul Shear just goes, no. <laughs> just, no, we can't. No. Um, so the wolves break loose. They start, like, mauling cameramen. Uh, they just, and Connor and Ashley are running back to the limo. They're just mauling everybody. Mm-hmm. Seal, like, fights them off. Um, you know, he comes to the window. You know, Connor wrote, Seal, get in. And Seal's like, I've, I, I, uh, I have experience with this. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Right before he gets, you know, that's where his scar came from. Uh, <laughs> it's from fighting off wolves. You know, right before he's attacked, uh, you know, so you think Seal's dead. And it's like, again, this publicity stunt just failed every which way it could. Um, kind of a, a fun, interesting tidbit that uh, Seal's conversation, I, you probably read it in the trivia too, you know, how he's dealt with this before. Seal's scar actually came from a bout of lupus mm-hmm. uh, when he was younger, which of course... Um, you know, lupus is lupine. Related. Yeah. Lupine is yeah. wolf related. So, uh, I don't know if that was like a seal in joke of, <laughs> I've dealt with wolf related things before, <laughs> but, uh, either way it was kind of funny. Yeah. It was funny. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, this just, uh, you know, this, this fails. Um, 
you know, the Connor backlash grows. Ashley breaks up with him. She actually starts dating Seal. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Connor, Connor, Seal, uh, stumbled over words here. Uh, Seal sues Connor for all those injuries. Like, it just can't get mm-hmm. any worse. Well, and in the um, meantime, Connor and Owen are slowly dr- <coughs> drifting apart as well. Right. Yeah, it's gotten to the point that even at concerts, like, Owen's just sitting behind, sitting on the floor, like, playing on his iPad, on his iPod. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's, on his phone or whatever. Like, there's no need. Uh, Connor is completely trapped in his ego bubble mm-hmm. and is completely unaware of everything that's going on around him. Um, and so Owen's got a plan though. Uh, everybody at this point, we see a lot of people um, referencing the style boys. You know, the, the, they love the style mm-hmm. boys. What are the style boys going to get back together? All this stuff. Well, Owen's got a plan that if I can just get Connor and Lawrence together to apologize to each other, we could put all this behind yeah, us will, and we could go... F- things will work out. Because we're all friends. Like, this will be fine. Um, and so, uh, Owen sets up a meeting. Uh, <laughs> was, was this... This meeting was in the limo, right? Yeah, this was... He, he parent-trapped him. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, he got the idea on tour when he was watching this this really old movie called Parent Trap with this, yeah. with this two redheads. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's got to parent-trap him. And he doesn't think anybody's going to see through his plan. As soon as he starts talking to Connor, Connor, Connor's like, "Are you parent?" Or Lawrence is like, "Are you, you you're parent trapping us?" <laughs> like, it's and I don't know why. It's just those those like ultra specific jokes I find funny. Um, you know the reference to parent trap. Uh, there's references later where Connor's in makeup uh, and just the conversations there. <laughs> you look like Matthew Modine got stung by a bee. Like um, just. Those conversations, I just find, like, because unlike last week where we know the whole movie was ad-libbed, like, this movie didn't have that ad-lib. You could tell this was probably scripted. And so you could see these three sitting down in the writer's room coming up with these jokes. And and I just, I envision that kind of stuff. There was, um, several years ago, there was a documentary about, about South Park and how they turned out the episodes in a week. Um, mm-hmm. and it was just this really cool, and, uh, and it was, I mean, it was kind of shot from the hip. Um, I didn't realize that, um, oh, oh, I knew I was going to draw a blank. Trey Parker, Gosh. Matt Stone. No, I know. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. Um, he plays Stefan on SNL. Bill Hader. Thank you. Hader. Yeah. I had in my head. I kept wanting to say John Hader and I'm like, no, that's a Napoleon Dynamite. That's Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, Bill Hader. But I didn't realize that he was part of the writing room yeah. for South Park until I saw this. And so, but some of my favorite parts of that little documentary are when, when they're all sitting in the writer's room just spitting ideas back and forth to each other. Because they're just funny. Like, everybody is just trying to find the funny. And they're not trying to overstep one another. They're just trying to work together. Yeah. And so that's, when they were making some of these jokes in this movie, that's what I envisioned. Was these guys sitting in a writer's room just trying to come up with the most, like, obscure yet funny material they could um and uh and it just, it just cracks me up when they do that so uh owen's got this meeting set up it doesn't work out they're in the back of a limo after a concert it was kind of surprising though because as poor as this tour is going like connor was still getting a lot of fans around the limo yeah yeah still a lot of people there and, and yeah, a lot of um, and a lot of <laughs> body parts attached to fans yeah a, a lot of genitalia <laughs> Fly, they, they just they all want connor to sign it this is my husband yeah. 
<laughs> in his can dangling you, can you, participle. Can, can you sign that? Make it out to. <laughs> I know, and it cracked me up because he did. Like, he just, like, Andy Samberg was so in on the role. Like, it's one thing for John C. Riley and Walkhart to sit there on the phone when there's a guy in his junk standing right yeah. there. But it's like, but like, Andy Samberg took it one step further and actually, like, like, took like, out a Sharpie and <laughs> took a Sharpie and, like, Finger, finger tipped it and <laughs> he'll do anything for his fans yeah, will you sign um, my husband's uh-uh. yeah <laughs> and so uh you know connor refuses to apologize to lawrence uh you know lawrence wants nothing to do with it because mm-hmm. that's all he's there for is an apology um and so uh you know despite his poor reputation the tonight show with jimmy fallon agrees to, to book him on a on an episode um, and so Fallon, uh, out of nowhere invites Connor to perform the style boys hit song donkey roll. <laughs> and, uh, and it and has so, its own dance too. The donkey roll is also yes, a dance. Yes. And so Owen or Connor is very reluctant. Ah, I can't do it, man. My, my boys aren't here. And so Fallon's like, I'll be one of them. And well, we need Owen. Well, the doors open up and yeah. out comes Owen. And like, he's in, he's so happy. He's so giddy oh, yeah. and happy. He's got his he's style got, boy shirt on. He's got a style boy sweater on. And, uh, and so uh, Connor really does not want to do this, Yeah, but, but he, he, goes, he, goes, he goes through with it. Yeah. Cause this, I mean, and I'll give Jimmy Fallon credit. Like he does, he has in his tonight show career, he's done a lot of stuff like this, mm-hmm. getting people to do things that they don't necessarily want to do, but don't hurt them. Um, you know, unlike Ellen, who like puts people in terrible situations just yeah. to to get a pop. Uh, you know, Fallon, it, it just seems you know he seems fairly genuine. I was really indifferent when he took over, uh, especially took over for Leno, who forced well, yeah, Conan and, and, out. Yeah, anything's an upgrade over Leno. But um, but but like Fallon's really made it his own, and it's he's been fun with it. So uh, I was worried that as he got older. Like just that level of fun wouldn't be fun for him anymore, but mm-hmm. so far so good. Uh, and so they do; they go along with with the with the donkey roll, and it's and it's huge, like a huge pop from the crowd. Like everybody yeah. is loving it. Everybody <laughs> loves it. Fans, yeah. people backstage, people on stage. Yeah, right. Back everybody but Connor. Um, back yeah, on tour. Back on tour. Uh, Hunter is very quickly overshadowing overshadowing Connor uh, selling mm-hmm. more records than he is and he's really gotten into this habit of uh dragging out his act like his opening act like you you've got a half hour to play and you know and he's just telling the crowd I'm never leaving this stage I'm going to be here forever <laughs> like and Connor's just getting very upset so Connor just confronts him goes out on stage uh <laughs> confronts him it doesn't go well at all um and uh, yeah, so the animosity is building between Hunter and Connor because they were really like planted up as being best friends, yeah. and um, you know, uh, so uh, you know they get into a fight. Um, you know, Hunter he he admits to Connor that he's the one that orchestrated the wardrobe malfunction, the tuck, the the the, 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 the tuck <laughs> game. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's the one behind that. So you know, Connor tells Harry, "You got Hunter's done. He's done." He's done on this tour. He's gone. Uh, to which Harry reveals, I can't do that because I'm his manager. Yeah. Um, so Harry Harry gets fired. Yeah. Connor Connor's fires like, him I'm right done. there. So Connor is really hit. Like 
peak like ego jerk level uh yep. you know anyone close to him he's shoving away because harry or because connor's the only one that matters um and so it just conquest is knocked off the charts aquaspin pulls their sponsorship yep. downward spiral the rest of the tour is canceled connor's and punched out is, by martin sheen right <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know uh and owen leaves you know like connor does he wants to he wants to figure out who his true friends are so he agrees he decides i'm gonna make a batch of pancakes but i'm gonna mix dog (laughs) feces into the pancakes to see who's honest about it so he's got a couple of lackeys there oh these these pan and they you can tell by the look on their faces these pancakes are awful oh these but oh these (laughs) these are great these are great pancakes and uh we get over to owen and he's just like these are terrible and uh and and connor's like thank you you know like i was testing my loyalty i put dog poop in these pancakes which (laughs) owen just flips yeah oh there's other ways to test for people's trust (laughs) than to feed them dog poop but but connor's (laughs) such an idiot that he's like i know who my real friends are and owen's (laughs) like i'm done i'm done with you like you fed me dog Mm -hmm. poop pancakes i'm done um and so the only person Connor's got left is his real best friend, his pet turtle, Maximus. Ma- <laughs> Maximus dies as he's like vomiting all over the place. Yeah. All I can think of is uh, is um, whatever the, like the the puppet in Team America. Team America, yeah, just starts puking everywhere <laughs> when he's cone spraying everywhere. Uh, it's it's so, kind of like like the SNL bits where like someone vomits and there's clearly like like a hose in their sleeve. Oh yeah, a lot of times <laughs> yeah. you can even see it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this turtle is just vomiting everywhere. Uh, Connor sinks into depression, moves back in with his mom, um, starts drinking heavily. Like it's just every, rock bottom has shown yeah. up. The only thing Connor's doing for money is he's he's drawing horses. <laughs> and sell, selling them online he gets so excited he sells one for like 11 50 and he's like he's pumped um but yeah he's just hit rock bottom his his mom is joan cusack who has her own aspiring career that she's yeah. thrown aside for connor um and so you know uh it's just things they they couldn't go any worse for connor this is the um kind of coincidentally because uh, it comes up in a reference here. This is the Jason Siegel getting broken up with and forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, yes. where where I just my life is over. Like there's nothing that could possibly mm-hmm. go well, um, or, or you know the the Kristen Wiig basement in uh, not literal basement but figurative basement in Bridesmaids of yeah. like my life my life is done. Like this is it. Wh- what yep. do I have to live for? Uh, Paula shows up. Uh, and forces him to leave the house to go to a club. There's a there's a musician we need to, we need to go out to a club. So Connor refuses to go until he's in costume because uh, <laughs> he's a celebrity. He doesn't want to be yeah. Recognized. He's a, I don't want to be recognized. Uh, he puts on this costume, which she makes a reference. I call I called earlier that you look like Matthew Modine got stung by a bee. <laughs> which as soon as she said it, I'm like, yeah, I can yeah, see that. It, it, yeah, yeah, they're not wrong. Right, and uh, the performer is Owen. Uh, Owen's up there mm-hmm. spinning and mixing and just killing it. The beats are awesome. Connor kind of rediscovers like, wow, those are some sick beats. Uh, Owen tries to sing and he's terrible. Yeah, it doesn't go uh, over well. Yeah, and so we start to build back what we saw coming from the very beginning that these yeah. are three separate pieces of a puzzle that don't work individually. Uh, you know, Lawrence tried to do a solo career with lyrics but no voice. 
uh, and no and no beat. And Owen, he's he can spin, but he's got no lyrics, or he can't sing, and his lyrics are crap. Yep. Connor can sing, but he has no background music and no lyrics. It's like they all need yeah. each other. <coughs> you know, Owen, you know, like I said, his music and production are strong. Singing's awful. You know, Connor and Owen reconcile here, and they and this is where Connor's finally turned over that page. He's hit yep. rock bottom. He's like, we got to make amends with Lawrence. Well. Earlier in the movie, we got a few little asides of Lawrence. He's just got bad luck. He's an amateur woodworker. Uh, he he tried to make a poppy, and it's just it's awful. He gets no, like crapped on by crapped on by birds that are flying overhead. Well, he like, doesn't really enjoy being a farmer, but he feels no. Like this he is hates what, being a this farmer. is what he has to yeah. do. Right. We actually never see him growing anything yet. Like, yeah. It's always just like pushing dirt around. Um, and so Connor and Owen they show up on Lawrence's farm. Uh, you know. Connor, like they, he takes the poppy like sculpture and replaces it with a real poppy, uh, and that's you know mm-hmm. realize. And he apologizes. Connor apologizes. Finally, it was a little begrudgingly, but he finally like got to the point where he's like, "Yeah, you did all this." You know, he was trying to think like, "I was in the studio too." Nope, I was late that day. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that <you know>. goes <laughs> on for several minutes. <laughs> right, and uh, you know, and it was it, it's. It never quite, it was funny, and then it wasn't funny, and it never quite yeah. worked its way back to being funny again. Um, unlike, like, Steve Martin and the Jerk and the I Don't Need You scene, where it's, <laughs> like, it, it got back to funny again. Um, and so, Connor finally recognizes Lawrence's contribution to the music. Uh, Owen is, of course, on board. Um, Connor and Owen discover that Lawrence hates farming, despite being apparently a very successful marijuana farmer yes yeah uh, quite a large crop he's got it yeah he's got a, a very large music studio um in the middle of the barn his, <laughs> in the middle of a barn uh and so the three get very high they collaborate uh you know they're, they're just back to being the style boys they're back to being friends mm-hmm. there's no career in their way they're just back to being themselves and then paula calls Apparently Taylor Swift has been arrested for murder, uh, <laughs> and so they've got he's got he's got a six minute closing act at the poppies offered to him, um, and he decide and the Style Boys are like you got to do it, yeah. and Lawrence and Owen are like you got to do it. hey we're good don't put us we got to do this you know this is you this is you uh, and Connor's you know, at this point Connor's like well I we're back together though right yeah so they right. they collectively dis- decide that they're basically Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, <laughs> once, you, once you're in Wu Tang Clan, you're always in Wu Tang Clan, but you can also and, do solo stuff, right? And th- this one was one that like was funny and dipped, and then came back yeah. to being funny. Is it just kept referencing all of the solo acts of the Wu Tang yeah. Clan? But yet they're still <laughs> we're all still members of the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah. Um, and so we get to the poppies. Uh, Hunter Hunter's arc comes full circle as he's he's presenting on stage with Mariah Carey, and they start arguing. Uh, and so that doesn't go well because Mariah basically chases him off the stage. Harry quits as, as Hunter's manager because Hunter just kind of unleashes on him. So Harry's like, I'm done. Um, it's kind of a fun little scene where like Hunter's got his documentary crew and, uh, style and like Connor's got his documentary crew and there's a third one in there that I don't remember who it belongs to, but like. No, like they all get confused on which camera they turn to to talk, and oh no, no, I'm not, I'm with, I'm with Connor, and it was just kind of a little fun. Um, so Connor and Harry reconcile, and then that's when Connor finds out that his six minute slot of two songs 
has been cut to a three-minute slot of one mm-hmm. song. So is yep. he going to go gonna on do... as kind of... Yeah. Yeah. So Are they you going to go do... on as... Yeah, Donkey Roll. Yeah, they were going to... He was going to do one Connor song and one Style Boys song. But now he has to decide. Are you going to do Connor for real? Or are you going to do Style Boys? Um, and so, you know, then we just cut to, like, the music starts. Uh, you know, it's it's the Style Boys new song, Incredible Thoughts. Featuring. <laughs> Michael Bol- <laughs> featuring Michael Bolton. Um you know, and it looks like a Connor for real song, but then the others show up. So it does end up being a Style Boys reunion. Everyone goes nuts. Um, <clears throat> the film ends with Connor reflecting on his lessons and the values, et cetera, et cetera. You know, keeping, maintaining your relationships that keep you grounded after your superstardom. Uh, he has a new turtle. He calls Maximus Two. Um, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, before a wolf comes and attacks, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then cut to credits, <laughs> and uh, that's uh, that's 2016, 20, yeah, 2016's pop star, never stop, never stopping. I can definitely see this having like a cult following. Yes, uh, it it did not do well in the. It's a quick movie. It's only 87 minutes. Like the runtime is very very crisp. Uh, you know, Apatow was behind this as well, uh, but it, it was it was I. I found it fun. It's it definitely doesn't hit the the pantheon of of the other mockumentaries mm-hmm. we've covered on the show. Not just this month, but Spinal Tap and Walk Hard and and others. But um, but it it, it I personally I found it fun. I know I know you're a little different to that. So. I mean, it had its moments, uh, but I felt like the film was very uneven. Um, yeah, and it's yeah you know, as we talked pre-show, it was yeah it was like a three-minute Lonely Island ske- sketch stretched out over eighty-seven minutes. Right, right. So I again, I I can't say I didn't laugh. Uh, I did laugh several times throughout the film, but it just it was so uneven, and it you know it. You mentioned before, like you know, the vision of the three of them sitting down in a writer's room, and uh-huh. it like I you know I could see them having fun with that, but I felt like it was just almost just too scattered. It's like oh, and then here we can have this cameo, and then here oh we, absolutely yeah. oh I agree a hundred percent yeah there there's not a lot of polish to this movie yeah a lot of I mean it's a lot shot of, it's. Yeah, it's shot well, it's edited well. Like, it looks like a studio-produced film, because yeah. it is. It but, tells but, the yeah, narrative that's really obvious for the beginning, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of dips. Um, you know, I, Anchorman did this same story much better. Yeah. You know, of, of <laughs> rise, rise, you know, fly too high, and then you got to get your team back together. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but you know, like I said, it, it's fun. It's, you know, I've seen worse. Um, yeah. You know, but I've obviously seen better. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. Let's head. Let's head. Let's get it. All right, folks. Let's at this get it. at this point in the <laughs> show, Oz and I each share our, our own unique rating of the film in question. In this case, pop star, never stop, never stopping. Oz, how would you rate this flick? Um, I'd give this like six and a half poppies. Six like and a half poppies. I, yeah, I found it better than average, um, but again, it's not—it's not, it's not going to find my rotation of like go-to's that I'm constantly going to laugh at. Like, it, it yeah. is fun. It's one you revisit this every year or two, and long enough time between them that you kind of forget about some of the throwaway jokes, and you're yeah. like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Seal got attacked by those wolves. That was funny. Or <laughs> Mariah Carey, you know, you know, it's just those, those little things. Yeah. But uh, but no, I'd give it six and a half. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna rate this as. 56 uh, loose, non-domesticated wolves. 
<laughs> wild wolves. Yes, 56 <laughs> wild wolves is my rating for this. All right, next up on the agenda is Outside <laughs> Insight, where Oz and I each bring in a non-professional review that we have found somewhere on the interwebs, and we will share with you, the listener. Oz, where is your Outside Insight coming from this week? Mine is coming from Letterboxd. It is a half-star review by <laughs> Ultimer. Uh, that dates back to November 5th of 2020. Um, I don't really think Ultimer hates this movie to give it a half star, but it got him in trouble. Uh-oh. Um, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to use uh, first letters for the swear words in this. Okay. Um, and so uh, his review goes, it's very short. He goes, got caught singing the verse, F me like we F'd Bin Laden, under my breath in a math test, and almost got sent out of the classroom. <laughs> Thanks, a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> So, so as an edu- as a teacher, I'm like, ah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is he mad at himself for getting caught? Is he mad at the teacher for catching him, or is he mad at the filmmakers for teaching him the song? Based on the half star review, I would say he's mad at the Lonely Island. So, so he's so he's blaming the movie for for his he's, discipline. He's, okay, he's, he's blaming the movie for writing at least to him a song catchy enough to sing under <laughs> his breath in a math test. Stupid and, uh, movie. You got you got me busted. <laughs> Almost got me sent out of the classroom. Like I would have loved to see that teacher student argument of like what what did you say? Oh it's <laughs> from a movie. I, uh... Yeah, what kind of movie is this, young man? <laughs> right. <laughs> Cause uh I think had I been the math teacher, I would have been like don't sing that out loud. Like, yeah. I'm with you. Just, just hum <laughs> the me- bo- just hum the melody. <laughs> yeah, they style boys. Dude, I would have sing I would have don- told him sing donkey roll yeah, next time. <laughs> I would have told him. I'd have said, you either go to the principal's office or you got to do the donkey roll right here in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I as you, as you, as you pull a as you pull a style boy shirt out from your desk to give to him and, <laughs> exactly. and put this on. <laughs> I would have joined him. I would have joined him had had I had a had I had a student cool enough to to reference this movie uh and and then like jump on board with the style boys donkey roll i would have been like <laughs> you don't have to finish your test kid you got an a just do the donkey <laughs> like, roll and we're good yeah you're doing all right so uh, but that's my that's my outside inside how about you what'd you find mine comes from imdb uh skipping some things here uh, the contributor is oscar albert 12 oscar albert 12 writes <laughs> I love, and, how, and, I love how you find numbered reviewers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> There's 11 <laughs> other Oscar Alberts. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably his 11 other accounts. Yeah. <laughs> just forgot the passwords. I'm not sure if this person is 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 tongue-in-cheek or not. I'll let, I'll let you be okay. the judge on this one. All right. Since the advent of auto-tune, your Uncle Fred and Aunt Ethel could be the equal of any pop star selling out stadiums as long as they are limber enough to simulate obscene body positions. The definition of pop music always has been anything that will make someone older than yourself cringe. Pop music is not fully accessible to pop drinkers or to people exercising their better judgment. As Brian Wilson had it, burp sounds are better expressed than the essence of pop. Pop star serves as a reminder not to take any music written since Bach seriously. 8 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I don't know. Like... This is a very in, like a very intellectual cheek if there's a tongue in it. Yes. Um, yes. You know, it's like either this person is, like, is being too clever or not clever enough. Exactly. Like it was so convoluted in its explanation that you're like you 
you didn't like this movie and then to give it an eight like uh, i don't know i don't know i'm with you i don't know either way know. like we'll have, we'll have to check one of oscar like, albert's other 11 right. accounts it's true it's like <laughs> I, I get oscar albert calm down buddy it's like yeah if you're gonna sit take a breath if, if you're if you're that high of an intellectual that you're going to sit down and watch pop star never stop never stopping through an through an intellectual lens um and then realize <laughs> like, oh but i did like the movie <laughs> like like pick up something tells me that oscar, oscar albert puts doilies underneath his glasses i'm sure he does <laughs> i'm sure he does doilies that and, are made from the finest silk <laughs> yes <laughs> and now folks it's the time you've been waiting for the segment we call 321, in which Oz and I each share three goods, two bads, and one ha huh, about the film in question. In this case, pop star. Never stop, never stopping. Stop so, Oz, what are your three goods from this movie? Uh, my first good, I really enjoy the amount of musicians that were willing to take shots at themselves mm -hmm. for, for comedy's sake. Um, you know, because they, they were little parts, and so they were probably just directed to, hey, just be yourself. You yep. know, but but pretend, you know, like because they weren't like Quest Quest Love was I like even the lighting. It was all like I said, just very like like introspective, you know, like yeah, con contemplative. Yes, yeah. you know, it's like for for like, all like of they're them. really so, thinking thinking about style yeah. boys and Connor for real, you know. But it's but at the same time they're acting, but they're acting like themselves, and so that's that's yeah. actually hard to do. Um, you know, for a lot of people, when there's a camera in your face. It's hard to just be yourself, especially when you're being fictional. Um, and so, you know, we want you to say these made up things, but we want you to say them as if you really believe them. And yeah. so to see to see some of these people like like Seal and Mariah Carey, like Mariah Carey lean into the diva that she yeah. is, you know, and just it's, it was fun to just see them kind of poke fun, poke fun at themselves and, you know, just take lower the guard. Yeah. Yeah, you know Adam Levine agreed to do like the the, holog the, the hologram, hologram, you know, yeah. like you know that kind of. It's just it's fun. It was like you know good for you guys. So that's my first good is just watching these musicians mm -hmm. uh, take shots at themselves because as performers, I'm sure they some of them well like Mariah Carey, you know, have massive egos um, that yeah. they were willing to just jump on board with because like with these guys like it's not like Spielberg or Clint Eastwood or Ron Howard are directing this movie. It's two thirds of the style boys. And so, you know, for them to just be, you know, to, to like virtually everybody that they interviewed as a musician is more successful than the people that made the movie and oh, for yeah. them to be on board with it. So there, there had to be some like behind the scene, mutual respect of like, we love what you guys are doing and we'll be on board. Um, my second good is there at the end when Paula takes Connor to Owen's show and, and Andy Sandberg's in disguise and they just like, you know, he he just looks like a like a nerd, and especially when Owen comes off, he goes, "You look like Jason Siegel. <laughs> and, and and then and then uh, Connor just goes, "Sarah Marshall," like just, I, I don't know why, just that kind of stuff. It always has like <clears throat> to go full circle. One of the hardest times I've ever laughed in a theater was when uh, my wife and I went and saw Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And there was the montage of Jason Siegel at home in his sweatpants. And the, they ended that montage with him slamming down a walking stick, yelling, you shall not pass, like he was Gandalf. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh, I lost it. I was crying so hard. Because it's just such a, like, 
pop culturally specific yeah. reference that I just it it just I just cracks me up when they do that. Um, and so there were a few of those in here, but that was one in particular. Sure. Uh, and then my third good is really just Andy Samberg in general. Um, I think he's very he's just a very charming, yeah, very innocent. Like even his portrayal of Connor of being just an absolute jag, yeah, um, is still just he's just. I mean, when he sells that horse drawing for eleven fifty, the look he gives to the camera is like he's genuinely happy. Yeah, like he's, I, did I just it. made eleven dollars like, and fifty cents. Right, like <laughs> like I did it. Somebody still wants my stuff. Yeah, like and just um, like throughout the whole movie, like pretty much his whole portrayal was like that. He was completely aloof of how big of a doofus he was, but. Part of that was charming because it's like, yes, he lost his friends in the in the in the process before earning him back, but he really just he I don't know it's just it's just a charming performance. Well, it's, and I it's, just, it's I just like, it. well, he made the Connor character more dumb and ignorant than like mean. Yeah. And granted, he had moments, but, yeah, but right. But yeah. overall, he's just kind of this dumb, lovable character. Well, and a successful dumb, lovable character. So he's surrounded by yes men. Yeah, and. And he's not smart enough to realize until later that he needs to hear a no. <laughs> yeah, because um, and it took him having to feed dog poop to his to his right. followers. You just you think back to when like Roger Clemens was on when he was like sitting in front of the committee, and <laughs> like you know, like and he just when they were asking him questions, you just get the feel like Roger Clemens. It's been so long since someone around him has told him the right thing to do mm -hmm. instead of just agree with him that like he sit there and he just looks like a buffoon in front of that investigative committee because he just didn't like, he didn't have so, what, what, you know, and he just wasn't surrounded by his yes men. Yeah. Um, you know, there's other certain recent politicians that kind of feel <laughs> the same way. Of, like yep. if I'm not surrounded by people to just agree with me all the time, then I don't know how to function. Well, or you're, um, or you're actively against me. Yeah. You're against me. If you're not telling me yes. Yeah. Um, and so Connor fell into that vein, and it. Uh, I'm glad he found his way out yeah. of it. So it does, those are my three. Sure. The way you describe Andy Samberg in this, I, it kind of got me thinking about like the old Colbert rapport on Comedy Central when, uh, mm -hmm. you know, when Stephen Colbert was on there. Like you know, and he's playing this sort of ultra conservative character. You know, oh, that, yeah. this ultra yeah, conservative. Yeah, yeah. You know, like new, not not a news anchor, but you know, like a like a, like an opinion kind of piece. And yeah. Um, and. <laughs> Despite the fact that he's he's playing this this fictionalized version of himself, you can, like he can't he can never completely turn off his his Stephen no. Colbert charm. And exactly, yeah, he was never gonna go Tucker Carlson. Yeah, like <laughs> he was. There was always, yeah, you're right. There's always Colbert behind it. Yeah, and and, and it allowed I think it allowed the viewer to connect with the character and, and the show and, and to just kind of get it even more when there's these ever so subtle sort of winks at the audience that like, yes, I'm in on this. Well, it's almost like that review you read where we weren't sure mm -hmm. if, you know, if, if the guy was tongue in cheek or not, like, you know, because it was, it was text, yeah. um, you know, but it's like, you never, you know, and I've made references before about, you know, how much I like movies like bring it on where you can, you can, please both sides of the spectrum yeah. and Colbert rapport was like that too. Like, you know, that there were, there were very likely some, some very conservative people that watched the show that were completely on board with the message he was putting across because it was what they wanted to hear. But at the mm -hmm. same time, you or I could watch it knowing that like the real message is underneath what he's saying. And so yeah. he's talking to us more specifically 
Uh, and and but yeah, I, I'm with you. So it just I thought Sandberg did a really good job at his performance of of keeping it grounded in idiocy as opposed to just yeah. egotistical meanie. So what about your, what are your three um, goods? My three goods, I'm going to start with Tim Meadows. Uh, I, I can't get oh, enough Tim Meadows. No, I, and, you, I don't think anyone can. It, it's, it's such a small role in the movie, you know, playing the, the manager of Connor for real and the style boys. But just, you know, the little interactions he, that he has with the characters and how he, he chews out uh, Hunter near the end. And, and as well as, uh, I don't think this, I was this a Tony. Yeah, yeah, this came up before. Yeah, this hasn't come up yet in the show today. But uh, he was once, a, uh, he was an original member of Tony, 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 Tone. <laughs> yeah. There was there was four Tonys and his was spelled T-O-N-E-E and it had a question mark at the end. Yeah. Tony. <laughs> yeah. Tony, and, Tony, and how, Tony, Tony. Yeah, and, and this like grudge that he had against Tony, 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 and <laughs> <laughs> during the big the big final performance, he's playing saxophone and he's kind of rubbing it in Tony, Tony, Tony's face. <laughs> right. Yeah. So and you, and you Tim almost Meadows. get the vibe that yeah. like, you almost get the feel that, like that was Tim Meadows' contribution to the script. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, my second good is yeah. My second good is uh, just simply the the, the tuck scene. Uh, I thought that the uh, <laughs> the stage performances and the songs were very uneven. I thought they really yes. some worked, some really didn't. This this was one bit that I thought did work, and and how it did play into the narrative as well. So it wasn't just this kind of throwaway bit. You know, it right. played into the, yeah. like this. This really started the av- like the downward spiral, like the downturn. Uh, yeah. because it all was, the bad it, yeah. publicity he got and the bad yeah. social media and the bad press. Yeah, unlike Spinal Tap where like they were just they would constantly cut to a song, mm-hmm. but that song didn't like move the narrative. Like yeah. this 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 definitely was. And really this was the only part that when they did cut away to to a performance piece, it actually did push the narrative forward. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was funny how they did and how everybody responded to yeah. it. And, oh, yeah. And Sandberg just like, he's just, I don't know what to say. I don't know if I should take, <laughs> if I should do this or if I should, like, he's like, like he's, I, his, I, his inner yeah. monologue is, is becoming, yeah. is becoming uh, vocalized. I, I can't expose myself to you, but I don't want to stay tucked. Like. <laughs> uh, and my last good is just a little, the, we, we did mention this a little bit before, the CMZ bits. Oh, with yeah. Will Arnett and Eric Andre and Chelsea Peretti, and... just just get to the point where we're all just laughing. Yeah, and it's and it's like forced, almost like angry laughter. Like this is what yes. we do here: is we laugh at each other, even if it's completely forced. <laughs> we're miserable, but we're doing it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my goods, Oz. What are your two bads? Uh, first one is it's a little more personal. Uh, there was a part of college where uh you and i and another another friend of ours uh, mm-hmm. were very close and we did a lot of things together and then um i there was something that kept distracting me from who my real friends were and demanded a lot of my time and pulled me away to the point where i almost lost you two um you know and you two were actually like communicating behind the scenes of like almost like you know borderline intervention of like this is our friend and you we're, you know this person's taking him away from us 
Uh, so that was a one bad for me. It had nothing to do with the movie, but it just the theme of this movie of like staying true to your friends mm-hmm. and not getting pulled away by some new distraction. Uh, it just it really hit home, especially the second time I watched it. First time I didn't know what I was watching. So, you know, watching it the second time, I was like, this really reminded me. Like I had my Owen and Lawrence in college, and I almost lost them too. Um, and so that was that was the first bad was like. This is supposed to be an over-the-top, like, goofy, stupid comedy. And there was a part where I was like, I know how you feel, Connor. I I get Connor for real. I am Connor for real. Like, I had to have my own home movie moment where I watched my friends open up, uh, you know, which leads into my second bat, actually. You know, where Connor's at home watching home videos, and he he thought all along that his mom gave him Maximus. and then we're watching this home video where we see Owen and Lawrence were actually the ones that gave him Maximus. Mm-hmm. And my second bad is, how could Connor forget that his friends gave him that turtle? <laughs> like, the home video footage, he looks right at them, and they're like, you know, oh, you guys are my best friend. Like, how did you forget that? Like, you've had your friends, and you've had this turtle. Like, there's a constant reminder of where the turtle came from, because these guys are your best friends. And so for him to watch this video and remember... Oh, that's where the turtle came from. That was my Pretty second convenient. Bat. Like, yeah. yeah, like how'd you forget that? Like, that's silly. So those are my those are my two bads. Uh, yeah, one movie related, one theme related. <laughs> uh, my bads. I'm looking at my notes here. I'm going to combine three bullet points into one. Just the movie is so uneven. It's just mm-hmm. some things work, some things don't. I think it's one of those. It was kind of funnier in concept than it was in execution. Um, yeah. I felt at times like I was watching a Family Guy episode where it's just too many like non sequiturs yeah. and it just as we kind of mentioned before it just kind of felt like a long Lonely Island sketch just stretched right. out too long. Again, it works in bits and in moments, and that's what makes I think the Lonely Island work with their videos and some of their other things. Mm-hmm. Like you're in and out in three four minutes, you know, it's quick, it's right. tight, and this movie just drug in some parts. Uh, my other bad is just quite simply more Joan Cusack. Pl- oh, yeah. Please, She's more treasure. Yeah, p- more Joan Cusack. I could have put t- through Tim Meadows in there as well, but, like, you know, she she had, she had was on screen for probably a total of 30 seconds or so in the movie. Yeah, and, right. And I get the movie's not about her. It's about Connor and, and the others, but, like, yeah, come on. As you said, Joan Cusack is a treasure. She's hysterical. Uh, more, more please. Yes. <laughs> All right, Oz, that leaves us with one huh. What is your huh Hmm. for Popstar? I kind of referenced it a little bit earlier, but if Lawrence is a bad farmer and he hates farming, (laughs) how does he have such a successful marijuana operation going? (laughs) Like, Like every cut to we've seen of Lawrence is him literally like kicking dirt or, you know, he's just, he's terrible. And yet... Right at the end, conveniently, he takes him over a hilltop. Yes, and there's, like, this vast, like, stretches beyond, as far as the eye can see of, of marijuana. With, like, a full team of employees. And yeah. It's like, you know, uh, so is he a bad farmer or not? I don't know. Or did he know. just hire the right people for that specific crop? Uh, yeah. Either way, it's <laughs> like, you know, it's it was like... Very convenient. So, yeah. Yes. If he's such a bad yeah. farmer, how does he have such a successful marijuana operation? Because it lends to the joke that comes after it. <laughs> yeah, so that we can smoke it. So, 
That's yeah. that's my huh. What's your huh? I'm curious. Share with me. My my huh. Who did Taylor <laughs> Swift murder? <laughs> like like <laughs> Paul Paul Shear. Like, I, like I, I'm curious about about what happened there. You know, the only reason that you know Connor and the Style Boys got the you know, got to perform the closing act at, at the poppies is because they had to replace Taylor Swift because she murdered right. someone. I'm more than likely more to this story. More than likely an ex. It's probably an ex boyfriend. Has to be an ex boyfriend. Yeah, it's probably Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> right. It's one. It's one of the one of the Jonas boys. Tom Hiddleston. Probably. Yeah, it could be anybody. Maybe she just oh. went on a spree and just murdered them all. <laughs> Probably. I feel like that's probably a logical arc to her, to her career anyways here. Yeah. You know, she writes songs about him, she draws inspiration, she shares her feelings, and eventually she acts on it and murders them. Yeah. <laughs> she she does all this and then people reward her with money and cheering and she's like, "No, this is heartbreak. You're supposed to be sad." <laughs> but but they're you... but they're rewarding me with with money and cheering, so if I go the next if I take the extra step, go the next mile, yeah. Then it'll just be more reward and money and cheering. Yeah, this would be my Mount Rushmore move. <laughs> by by murdering Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to make sure you murder the right Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, correct. <laughs> well, folks, that concludes Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping in Oz. It also concludes Mockumentary Month. Yes, it does. This was a fun one. We had it some, was. We had some fun entries one. in here. We kind of yeah, ended on, I, I don't know if I want to say clunker, but probably on the least of the movies we talked about. But Oh yeah, for sure. Of, of the four we covered, this one was not only the most recent, but, but the weakest contribution. But so, I still feel it shines more than some of the other mockumentaries that are out there. I, yes. I mean, we could have chased more Christopher Guest, but we, we didn't want to do a Christopher Guest month. We wanted to go a different route. So. Yes. But no, it was one I knew you hadn't seen, and I wanted to bring it to your plate. And you, you ate it, and it's not your favorite food, and that's okay. And that's okay, but you don't know until you take a bite, right? That's right. That's right. So, Oz, if that concludes Mockumentary Month, what do we have in store for next month? Well, it's August, and as we know, in August, uh, schools start back up. Mm -hmm. And so, with schools starting back up, extracurriculars start back up, and so... We are going to uh, kick off August. Oh, not kick off August. August will be a month full of sports comedies. <laughs> I, I am excited take... about this month. I, I really am. Uh, we've uh, we've we've both flip flopped a couple of movies. Uh, it is a five week month. Yeah. Uh, for five Wednesdays, we drop on Wednesdays. That seems to be our our uh, our go to date. We drop on a Wednesday. There are five Wednesdays in August, so we will be dropping five episodes. All five episodes coming from different sports. Uh, yes. We want to tackle, and not all, and actually only one of the five episodes comes from one of your, like, what you would consider, like, your your, ma your, your major sports. Yes. Um, a, major, a major American sport. To, to be honest, really looking at these four, only one of the four movies actually covers the highest level of a major sport. Because um, true, uh, you know we've got a uh, amateur. Well, we've got a lesser mm -hmm. sport, but the pros, and we've got two amateur levels, and yeah, uh, and then one just fun, one one more actual <laughs> mockumentary. <laughs> uh, squeeze it. Yeah, we're yeah we're kicking off sports comedies month. What is our? It is your week. So what are, what are you bringing to the table next week? 
We're starting <coughs> off. Uh, we're starting off with Bull Durham, folks. Mm-hmm. A movie that I have, movie... I have not seen in its entirety. And Oz, and I have not seen it all. I am aware vaguely what it's about. I know a couple of characters' names. Uh, I know the people in it, but I've never seen it. Yeah. So I know it's about baseball. We're kicking things off. I mean, it's a Kevin Costner movie, so it's either a western or a baseball movie. Right, but it's or, or it could have been golf. We could have watched Tin Cup. Yeah, he doesn't have um, he doesn't have gills behind his ears in this one. No, but it's also a Tim Robbins, Susan Sarandon movie, mm-hmm. so you can expect a very liberal mindset. Yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> is it a Susan movie. Sarandon movie? Yes, I having never seen it, I'm very curious to see uh, how she stacks up compared to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like, are we that level of Susan Sarandon? Because. Uh, I, I like Susan Sarandon in Rocky Horror Picture Show. I like Susan Sarandon anyway. Yes. But uh, I like I like Susan Sarandon in Rocky Horror Picture Show as, as Janet. I think you will like Susan Sarandon in Bull Durham. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, we kick off August with uh, Bull Durham. So that will be our first contribution of five. Uh, we still need to talk about whether we're what we're doing for September. Yeah. We've got something down, but I don't think either of us are... 100% sold on that quite yet, or at least the format of how we're going to approach sure. it. Um, and so, uh, but we obviously will talk about that behind the scenes. So catch your other podcast called Behind the Scenes with Oz and Curtis. <laughs> Oz and Curtis, after dark. Right. <laughs> Secrets. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so we will be back with Bull Durham next week. The, year uh, the Oz and Curtis, the Oz and Curtis mockumentary. It's the, it's the making of the love. Let's talk about flicks with Oz and Curtis. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I that would be fun though. Um, uh, as usual, uh, you could catch us on all the social media channels: uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, Patreon. Of course, we've mentioned that. YouTube will always be there, so you could see us in the flesh uh, on your screen, not really physically in the flesh. Um, when <laughs> Unless you want, out... depends what level of Patreon uh, you go in at. That's <laughs> true. I, we can open up a fourth level, yeah, where, 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 where you get a personal podcast where we come to your home and talk about whatever movie you want to talk about. We don't record; it's just uh, the two of us for an hour and fifteen minutes at your dining room table talking to each other, <laughs> and we'll just refer to you as the viewer. Yeah. <laughs> So you go on about your day. You yeah, can go yeah. make yourself we'll, some... Just, we know what to do. We know what to do. We'll be good. Just make sure we have a power source and Wi-Fi. We'll yeah. be good. Yeah, You and if you're going to leave the room, just say pause, and we'll stop until yeah. you come back. So, I want to give a shout-out to our to our friends at the Chicago Indie Critics, an uh, organization we joined recently. Um, that uh, It's another outlet for us, but uh, so far it's been a lot of fun. They're very supportive. Cool group yeah. of people. I did have yeah. a... Uh, nice community. Online... Yeah, I had an online uh, uh, session with a handful of them the other night to talk about um, awards. Like, this is a legit organization where we're going to have an award show at the end of the, you know at, at the end of the season to uh, you know recognize and pay tribute to those movies. So it's like um, you know you got your Golden Globes, you got your Oscars, you got your you know MTV Movie Awards, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And it's like this is another one to where like we're part of a like a real organization I know. here. This isn't. This isn't just a bunch of buddies that are like we, we're LARPing. No, this is this is real. <laughs> well, you, as you've heard of the EGOT, right? You know, like was it the, yes. the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar, right. the Tony? Yep. 
Yep. With this award show, it's going to be known as the as the Kagat with the Chicago the Indy credits. The Egot C. The Egot. We'll rearrange it. It'll be the yeah. Geekot. We'll start move the G to the front, C in the middle. We're recipients of a Geekot. <laughs> the first ever Geekot award recipient. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, but no, it, it was fun. Like we we were. You know, we discussed like names for the award, and mm-hmm. it, it was cool. It was a cool, it was a cool meeting. So it was fun to, you know, it, to talk like industry, not yeah. necessarily like what's your favorite movie. Well, that's my favorite too. It was like, it was fun. Like <laughs> it's too mainstream real... now, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. It's a really cool group of people. I'm looking forward to uh, expanding our our relationships with them and. And, uh, and like, you know, we've kind of joked before, who knows, there may be some, you know, ins and outs sometimes where, you know, we, we get some people in that could be a cool mm-hmm. month we do is, uh, yeah. you know, um, you know, a contributor month where we line it up where we get different, uh, CIC members, yeah. um, you know, maybe they, they bring <laughs> the movies, they pick the movie and the three of us get on a call and, uh, and that, that could be cool. Yeah. That'll be you know that'll be something for 2024 because we've got 2023 <laughs> we're all there, bo- we're all booked up folks <laughs> it is solid there's no changing no, that so no <laughs> um <laughs> but no that could be that could be cool so um but anyway to, to wrap up july and to wrap up mockumentary month uh, we do want to thank all of you guys for you know coming back and listening and viewing or however you consume our content uh we have a lot of fun making it and uh, we're glad you guys have a lot of fun uh, paying attention to it. So, you know, drop us reviews or content or comments or however you want. We love to hear back from as, you know, some of you guys, uh, cause it really does, you know, it really does open the, the communication lanes. Cause mm-hmm. you and I both, as we know, we're talkers. And so, um, we love meeting new people. We love, you know, we love to just communicate, especially talk about things that we like and movies, et cetera. So yeah, um, send a telegraph, yeah. passenger pigeon, yeah, right. smoke signals, <laughs> Send a candy gram. I don't care. <laughs> candy gram for Mongo. <laughs> candy gram for Curtis. <laughs> so uh, with that, do you have anything you want to send off with? No, that's good. We just yeah, we love hearing from people. Uh, your feedback only makes us stronger and more powerful. That's right, right. That's right. So uh, we don't really have an Achilles heel. So you're not gonna you're not gonna push us over the edge. Of, like we quit, <laughs> except for our actual Achilles heel. That's <laughs> true. I don't even have one of those anymore. Uh, I've taken. I've I've had my Achilles removed so that I have no weaknesses. <laughs> it's nothing there. It's just a sponge. Right. I just I just happened to run like Forrest Gump with leg with, with the leg uh, when he's got the leg braces on. Very stiff legged. You're all he, hey. you're all heels in your sprints. <laughs> but hey, even in that position, he taught Elvis how to do how to dance. That's so. true. All right. Well, listeners and viewers, thanks for coming back another week. Uh, We'll see you guys in August with uh, Bull Durham to kick off Sports Comedies Month. Uh, And for Let's Talk About Flicks, I'm Oz. I am Curtis. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks.